So I have not been in the house uh, all week, but I have been on a call or in the house all week. And uh, we've been in Charlotte um, for six years. And um, I don't know when Fast Week started, but this is the first time that I've been a part of every, um, every day. And it has impacted me every day. And you know, it's funny, um, you know, what I wanted to talk about, all of it has been touched on in one way or another all week. Um, the liberty that Siobhan walked in on Monday, it was just amazing, the growth that she, she, she shared with us. Um, you know, Lou, Lou, he, he, he touched me. You know, he, he, he really touched me. And, um, you know, just even when he was talking about, you know, the bucket list, he was talking about his bucket list. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because it, it really ties into what I'm about to start talking about. But, you know, we find ourselves comparing. Well, okay, I won't speak for y'all. I find myself comparing, you know. <clears throat> but I realized through all this week when everybody's been talking about, God created us, all of us, just unique. Like, I, I'm, I'm unique, you know. And so when he was talking about his bucket list, you know, um, I realized, yeah, there's some things on my bucket list that I would like to do. Um, you know, I'm a Denver Bronco fan, so I would like to have a seat in Mile High on the 50-yard on line, stuff like that. You know, go to Staples Center, things of that nature. But, but the things that God showed me that's on my bucket list that's most important um, is walking Naya down the aisle on her wedding day. You know, um, <laughs> you know paying for Isaac's wedding. You know what I'm saying? Um, because his wife is a gift to him. And, you know, we receive that gift and we take care of the wedding. You know, um, another thing that's on my bucket list is dancing with my wife on our 50th anniversary. That's, those are the things that are on my bucket list. You know, and um, New Year's and the beginning of the year, Pastor was, uh, was talking about, he started telling us about new beginnings. It's going to be new beginnings and new beginnings. But if everybody knows what pastor, there, there's always a caveat, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, he said there will be new beginnings, but he said they'll be found in God's will. You know, we have to be in God's will. And... You know, when we were um, in that New Year's, it, it struck me because I, because I knew this year was going to be different. I knew God wanted this year in my life to be different, and not just in my life, but in my family's life and in the life of, of everybody and heirs, right? So, you know, when, when God gives you a word or when pastor speaks a sermon, and it, it impacts you. It's not just 
cool for you to say, oh, yeah, that, that was sweet. That was good. You know, uh, I, I love the sermon, but not to expound on it. You know, we talk about, you know, uh, Pastor and, and, and Z talks about this a lot, layer learning. You know, we have to, when God gives you a word that impacts you, you know, you have to, you know, really dig into it. So I have been just just really like, what what is your will? How do I get in your will? How do I stay in your will? You know, this week has been great. This week has been great. We, we've been free. We've danced off shackles. Um, you know, we, we talked about leaps. And, you know, and Trina showed us what it really means to just be free, but not just free, but yielding, yielding, you know. And so I have notes. I don't know if I'm going to get to them um, because uh, yielding for me can be hard, you know, um, you know, yielding for me can be very hard, like what Lou was talking about. And because everybody's looking at me, you know, everybody expected me to, you know, extend what everybody else did, right? We've had a great fast week, right? But what if I get up here and mess it up? You know what I'm saying? I got to be eloquent, you know? I got to come with a rhema word, you know, bring down fire and brimstone, you know, continue what my brother did yesterday, you know? But, you know, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's about me getting this right. It's about me getting this right. You know, and um, it's just been a different week for me. It's just been a different, different week for me. And I, I'm going to try to keep it, keep it together. But um, I just want to continue to stay out, out of the way. And so um, there was a song that just impacted me, um, just really impacted me and led into what I want to talk about. And uh, so Marcus was going to play it. I promise it's short. Give me your idols, every God that you made. You know the things you love more than me. You die if I took them away. Give me your options. Let me be the first one you call. Give me the map. 
burns Be still while your enemies fall But you'll never see Till you let me be God of all or not God at all God of all or not God at all I'm God of all or not God at all um, Idols Idols uh, is Kirk Franklin on his new album. Um, the title of uh, my message today is Because I Am That I Am. Um, the song says, let me be God of all or not God at all. When I, when I first heard that, it's like, of course you're God. I know you're God. You know, I love you. I tell you I love you every day, you know. Um, but, but, you know, what's funny is that do we understand or are we willing to give those pet areas, you know, those, those, those areas that maybe nobody knows, right? You know, or we'll get to it in a minute. You know, when God tells you to do something or God says, I need you to take care of this. Or, you know, like with Jonah. Um, Jonah, we talked about earlier this week, right? God gave him a command, but he thought he knew better than God. Or he thought he knew God better than, than God was telling him, right? Um, and so we have to get out our own way right but we have to to make sure our minds are renewed right renewing the spirit of our minds renewing the spirit of our minds when there's victories and when there's not victories you know when everything is going good and when everything is not going good and actually it's it's harder when things are going good or at least when you seem to think that things are going good because now you 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 have you have more options, you know, it's, 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 you know, you have, it's not, you're just eating Roman noodle, uh, Roman noodles, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and bread where you like, you know, God, how are we going, you know, how are we going to get through this? I mean, cause that's what we were when we first moved here to Charlotte. And then that's, that's what God does when, when, I'm sorry, that's what the enemy does. That's what the enemy does when you first step out on faith, right? When you step out. When you, when you know you heard from God, you got a rhema word, just like this week. Well, we know we've heard from God, right? We know that God has set some stuff in motion, right? But then what happens, you know? What happens? You know, what are we, what are we called? We're, we're called believers, right? We're believers. You know, we're believers, right? Um, there was a guy, <laughs> there was a guy named Jonathan Cross. I can say that, right? His name was Jonathan Cross. I went to college with him, and he was he was teaching a class, and he was talking about the word uh, believe. And you know, when he first started talking, I'm like, oh, he can't be a Christian because he's bashing the word belief. You know, um, we talked about manipulation, manipulation. Well, if you break down the word belief or believing, be lying. And 
when he when he broke it down, he said that. And he said that uh, belief, we say we believe, but really is there a lie hidden in there? You know, because, yeah, I could say, you say, you know, I trust you, right? Right, you tell me you trust me. And I say, oh, yeah, I believe you. But what happens next? What happens next? Something's going to come and test that, right? Something's going to test that belief, you know? That's where a lot of us fall. That's where a lot of Christians fall away is because they say they believe. They put, they, we put our hands up, and we believe, right? But then the test is going to come. A test is going to come. Why? Because until that belief is transformed into knowing, you, you're, you're, you're still subject to fall. You're still subject to, to, to the enemy because you can't tell me that if I know something, I know it. You know? I know it. Like, I know he is a man of God. Nobody has to tell me that. I don't believe it. I know he's a man of God. I know it. I know that he loves me. I know that he loves me. And so words, words, are, words are powerful. And, and when he taught that, I didn't catch it. But now I'm getting it, that my belief needs to be transformed over to, to knowing. And so um, I wanted to look at uh, a few few scriptures, a few stories um, that uh, testimonials of some, you know, some disciples, some people, prophets in the Bible who actually submitted to God's will and what the outcome was and some who didn't. Um, so I wanted to start with uh, Exodus 3. And verses, we're going to start with verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Now to back up a little bit. Um. And I'll just give a synopsis of what's going on. So here, Moses was on a mountain, and he looked, and he saw the burning bush, right? The bush that was burning but wasn't catching fire. Um, and so God started talking to him. God started laying out all his plans of what he wanted him to do to help save the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he's breaking everything down all the way up to, to verse 13. And in verse 13, Moses asked questions. Well, how would they know? How would they know that you sent me? How would they know that God sent me? And all God said was, just tell them I am that I am. Basically, he said that because I said so. Because I said, that's who I am. Moses, from that point forward, had a decision to make. Am I going to walk in his will? Am I going to be bold? Am I going to go and tell the children of Israel this? Or 
And Michael continued to doubt or, and Moses continued to, he asked questions. Now, a lot of times people say, well, you can't, can't question God. That's not true. That's not true. People question God all throughout the Bible. It depends on how you question it. How are you asking the question? You know, is it reverence? Are you seeking to understand? Or are you, you questioning like Jonah did? You know, um, and so if you follow the story of Moses, Moses uh, did with um, what God told him to do, right? And he led them out of, he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Um, however, uh, I want to talk about a few idols, right? So we're going to talk about the first idol. The first idol is the spirit of familiarity, right? So the children of Israel, they got brought out of Egypt. However, that's when the murmuring and the complaining started. You know, see, a lot of times when we ask God to hear our cry, get me out of this, get me out of this, you know, get me out of this, deliver me, deliver me. We have in our heads, right, what that will look like, what that should look like. When he delivers me, cool, I'm going to be, I'm going to be free. I can do what I want to do. It's not going to cost me anything. But. That's, that's not the case. Again, it goes to belief. <laughs> but it's going to cost you something. There's going, to be, there's going to be tests. And the children of Israel didn't want that. You know, where's this promised land that Moses was speaking about? What's this promised land that he, he said we was going to inherit? We left our comfort even though we were enslaved, even though... You know, they, they, they took what we had um, and was giving us a, a tiny piece. It still was better than what we have out in this wilderness. That familiarity. Well, at least, at least I knew what to expect back in Egypt. Here we are in the wilderness and we're wandering around and you want me to eat manna from heaven? Every day, and I can't even save any. Who knows if God going to come through tomorrow? But again, who are we talking about here? I am that I am. So that's the, 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 first, the first idol. Siobhan, who's not in here at the moment. But Siobhan says something on Monday that really impacted me and I never looked at it that way. She said, when you lust after something for so long, it becomes an idol. It becomes an idol. That's why when the children of Israel, right, when Moses was away, he took too long. That familiar spirit, that lust for that, for Egypt, took them to building a calf, right? We want a calf. We want a calf. It helps. It, it will comfort us. You know, this is what we saw back in Egypt. And so we have to be careful. We have to be careful with familiar spirits. You know, Siobhan was also talking about we have to make sure we get people from around us that shouldn't be there. 
people from around us that shouldn't be there. Um, so let's go to our next uh, next example. So we're going to talk about Abram and Sarai. Um, so if you read over in Genesis, um, and it starts talking about Abram. Now, one of the first things that struck me about Abram is that when God called him out, um, his, his dad, well, he had just lost his brother. And his dad was not getting over the death. His dad could not get over the death of his brother Ur. And so actually, when Abram was called out, the city he was called out of was Ur. Now, most of the times when they name a city after somebody, it's because, you know, when they die. So the, basically, his dad was stuck there. His dad was stuck there in a place where his son died, right? And so, but God had a plan for Abram. Well, yeah, for Abram. So he, he called him out. So he called Abram out, and he's telling Abram. He shows him the stars in the sky. He, you know, he shows him, and he says that, you know, um, your children will be more numerous than the stars in the sky, in the sands, right? And so Abram was starting to believe. Abram, Abram is starting to believe, but, but Abram's not young. You know, Abram at this time is, is like in his 80s. And, you know, he had a wife named Sarai. And he started to get favor. Abram started to get favor and started to, to get more possessions and get more, more wealth. And he even used his wisdom and his relationship with God and asked God questions and saved his nephew Lot, right? And so everything is going good. But now Sarai, which this is important, um, Sarai, his wife, was looking around like, okay, he, he's building this legacy, but who, do he, who does he have to pass it to? You know, Sarai was, was barren. Sarah was barren. She could have no kids. And so, you know, she did what any, you know, any sane or logical person would do. <laughs> she, gave, uh, she gave her maidservant to her husband so he can have an heir. So he can have an heir. You know, I'll, I'll do you a favor, you know. Yeah, having kids is for them young girls. You know, go, go, you know, go, go, go have Hagar, right? And so, but immediately afterwards, you know, there was, there was envy. There's going to be envy and jealousy, right? But after that, the angel of the Lord came to Hagar after she fought with Sarai and told her that your child, your child will be, um, he will be uh, your your seed will be uh, the father of many nations. But it also said that he would run, run wild. He would run wild, and he would uh, war against all other nations. Right. So, and that that struck me when I first read that. Um, 
but I'll, I'll get to why it struck me in a, in a minute. And so, you know, so now God, God told Abram, right, that his son would, it would produce many nations. So he, he has it, right? He has what, what God promised, right? But a few years later, God calls Abram, and he tells him to call everybody from his, his household. And he makes his covenant with him and changes his name to Abraham, father of many nations. And everybody gets circumcised. And Ishmael, uh, which was his son, was um, 13 years old. And then he changes Sarai's name to Sarah, which means mother of many nations. And so God comes to, to Abraham now, and he comes with other angels and they're in a tent now this is all in, in uh, and this is all in Genesis so you just have to read it read it all out and see if it's so what I'm saying because it's a lot of information um, yes 17 so in the 17th chapter they're in the tent and God is telling him God is telling Abraham but this time next year you'll have a son <laughs> but the funny thing is, and I didn't catch this the first time, but it said that Abraham laughed, right? Abraham laughed, and Abraham said, no, I, I already have a son. Now, God is telling you that you're about to have a son that's going to be an heir, and you're telling him, no, I'm, I'm, I'm straight. I have a son. I'm happy with Ishmael. I'm happy with Ishmael. And God, but God keeps telling him. He keeps telling him. And at this time, Abraham had told Sarah to go prepare a meal. And so Sarah's standing in the door of the tent, and she hears. She hears what God said about her having a child in a year. Now, this is the same Sarah who already knew or felt like in her heart that it was done. And that only option she had was to give her husband another woman. And now you're telling me that I'm going to have a child? She laughed. But she laughed in her heart. And then God said, why did you laugh in your heart? But the first thing she said was, no, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't laugh. But we talked about earlier this week, right? God is a heart God, right? That's what Rob talked about, right? God is a heart God. And so how many times, you know, and I'm, I'm reading this, right? I'm reading this like. First, first Abraham laughed, and then I had actually read and knew that Sarah had laughed, but she actually followed what Abraham did. And, but I'm like, how, how you are, God is in your presence. It's not, you know, it's not a vision. It's not a dream. God is there with you, and he's telling you. He is telling you what's going to happen, right? Why can't you walk in his will? Why can't you walk in his will? But again, then God turns it back around on me. And it's like, I'm telling you, you know, I've showed you visions. I've, I've had men of God speak over you. Multiple men of God speak over you. I've set you in places that nobody else has seen. I, I've put you around great men. I've put you in different situations. What, what will it take for you to believe me? 
why are you you laughing because of your past because of how you were born and because your mom passed when you was 11 your dad was an intravenous drug user um your mom died of complications of hiv um to this day we still don't know what really happened you know um just number of things right but that doesn't that doesn't override what god said about me before i was put in my mom's womb it doesn't and so um getting back to to abraham and 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 sarah so this this story strikes me this story strikes me because god god is not mocked whatever you sow you shall reap and god is not mocked his word would not return to him void and so he made he told abraham that his seed his seed was numbered he told the seed he told him that his seed was numbered and that would produce many nations but what they didn't understand was god set it up that way because sarah was a mother of many nations so you got to have the right soil to sow into I, I think y'all need to understand what i'm saying you need to have the right soil to sow into you can't sow your seed everywhere is the young man listening to me you can't sow your seed everywhere because it's going to produce what god created you to produce whether you want it or not now if you study it out and you trace the lineage of ishmael it traced back to to, to what nation to to, to what religion Muslim, Islam, you know, that's what it traced back to. And they will tell you, they will tell you that it, they trace it back to Ishmael because his seed did what it was designed to do. And so um, they went on and then they actually ended up having their son. And the funny thing is that, and they named him Isaac. They named him Isaac before he even came because they laughed. Isaac means he who laughs. So if you ever see me and I don't have a smile on my face, you have my permission to tell me I'm out of character. Okay? <laughs> you know, so... But but you know the, the the again the story the story wasn't done. God wanted to make sure, even though He gave Abraham the son that He promised, He wanted to make sure right that His heart was right. He wanted to make sure that He 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 still was staying His will, and so He tested him. The one thing that God promised him, the one thing that He told him about His legacy, that one thing He told him to offer up. Woke him up in the middle of the night, told him to get his son and go up on a mountain and sacrifice him. Now, <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine that. I couldn't imagine that. But I also couldn't imagine God giving me my purpose, giving me what he said he would promise me, 
and then telling me to go sacrifice it. What? That's like me giving Isaac a birthday present, not telling him to go give it away. But again, even if I did tell him to do that, it would be a hard thing, right? I would want to see if he's willing, is, is he trust me enough that, trust me enough, or do we trust God enough that if he asked us to do it, right, he has a plan. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways is higher than our ways. And so most of y'all know the end of the story. He goes up on a mountain. He has the knife in his hand raised and until the angel of God stops him. And then there's a ram, ram in a bush. Um, and so Abraham may not have, you know, hearkened to everything that God told him when God told him what his purpose was going to be. He didn't get everything right. And, you know, just like I haven't got everything right in my marriage, you know, when God has showed me who my wife is, you know, but the, the thing is, is that Abraham was was in his 90s when God changed his name. Not only changed his name, but changed his wife's name. He transformed them. They had been together 90 some odd years and God was still able to transform them. So you're telling me that God can't transform my marriage and we've been married eight years? You know, that God can't transform all the marriages in this church. That he cannot transform us. And, and you know, so, who, you know, who am I? Who am I to stand in the way of God's will? Who am I to stand in the way of God's will? Um, one of the other people we talked about, uh, courtesy of, of, of Trina, was um, Ananias and Sapphira. And, um, you know, we know, as she so eloquently put it, what happened to them. Um, straight gave it up. So, <laughs> um, but I find it interesting if we go turn over to Acts. Um, it wasn't over for Ananias, or at least for the namesake. Um, so if you turn to Acts 9, here in Acts 9, we see another person named Saul, uh, whose name is about to change. You just don't know it yet. Now, one of the things about Saul is that Saul was a religious man. Saul was a devout Jewish man. And Saul believed in everything that he was doing. And if you look back in Acts 8, Stephen was just killed. And Saul was basically there. He, he oversaw it. And so here in, in chapter 9 of Acts, Saul is looking to get more power, more clout, you know, to kill more Christians. 
who was blaspheming the name of the God of, of, of the Jews. So he thought. But as he, he, you go down in, in Acts 9, you'll see that plans didn't go the way he thought. You know, he was trying to get letters so that he can get more power. And then on his way to Damascus, he gets struck and down, loses his sight, can't see nothing. Now, if you see verse 4, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Now, I don't know about your Bible, but in my Bible, those words are in red. So it was, that's, that's, that's Jesus talking to him. The very Jesus that he denied and, and didn't believe was an actual child of God, son of man. Um, and he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecute. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. That's one of my favorite uh, phrases in the Bible. I don't really know what pricks are. But I could just imagine like me standing back there just trying to kick that brick wall and expecting the brick wall to move. I'm going to break every toe on my foot before that anything happens to that brick wall, right? So, but it goes on. But what I wanted to, to really point to, see, when, when we're in God's will, we can't. God uses whom he wants to use. He calls who he wants to call. And so if you go down further in verse 10, it says, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the street, which is called straight and inquire in the house of Judas. For one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth, and have seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Now again, I can only imagine what Ananias was thinking, but he, he actually says it. He says, then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man. How much evil he have done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he have authority from the chief priests to buy all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So what if God called you to go in, into Chicago or to go into Watts or to go into the Middle East and to go somewhere, go to, to the western part of Africa where it's all Muslims, what we just talked about earlier. And not only do you go, God sends you there, but he tells you to go pray for somebody who is known to persecute and kill Christians. Would you go? 
Where'd you go? But we all want to submit to God's will. And and this and this this is the thing, you know, we can't we can't pick and choose. We we're getting to the last days. We're getting to the end. We're getting to the end and God wants those that he can use that will be bold for him. Bold for him, not just in here. Not just in here. We're supposed to get equipped in here, right? Equipping heirs. Right? But we're equipping heirs so that we can go out there and impact the world. Here you have a man, Ananias, who didn't know what may happen to him. But he said, if you call me God, I'll go. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane and all the disciples tired. They couldn't stay awake. They couldn't keep watch. And Jesus is, is, is crying to the point where it's, it's, he's crying blood. Blood is pouring. And he knows what he has to do, but he doesn't want to do it. And I think, I think that's what we don't understand. See, submitting to God's will, is, it's okay to tell him if we don't want to do it. It's okay to tell him how we feel about it. As long as the last thing we say, but at thy word, at thy word, I will go. At thy word, your will be done. If we're Christians, we're supposed to, to follow the example of Christ. Take up our cross and walk. And so, you know, I, I had a lot more notes. And my time is, is up. And, um, but I just want to thank everybody. You know, thank everybody for being here for Fast Week. There's been Fast Weeks where there's been two or three people in the house. You know, um, you know, and, and I just thank you guys for, you know, joining with me and to really committing, committing to doing what they have set forth as the vision. Um, and... And Trina talked about <laughs> about God giving us something to do or to say that like why 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 me why 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 me and you know I watch I watch you know I've known this man this man of God for for decades now and and very very intentional and when he first got to this city I don't know how many remember this but he said that God sent me to Charlotte because people are hurting am I am I right God sent me to Charlotte because people are hurting they've been abused and they're hurting Minister Lamar about a year maybe a year or two ago Asked the question he already knew the answer to. Mr. Lamar likes to ask questions that he already know the answer to. And he asked, he asked, when a man of God dies, when a man of God, anointed man of God dies, what happens to the mantle? You remember asking that question? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. What, what happens to that mantle? Well, uh, a man of God 
died last year. Great man of God. And that, and that mantle, that mantle was left. And that mantle was left. And God has shown me that that mantle will not be passed to somebody who studied under him. Somebody that's been serving in this city and had a church in this city for years. This mantle will be passed in Jesus' name to the man who has a heart for the people in this city. In Jesus' name. Just being obedient. Just being obedient. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Harakashandra. Harakashandra. That's all I have.